Listen, family, so I kind of alluded to this last week that I love fall. Like, I feel like fall is by far the best season there is. I mean, everything about fall is better, right? It, it just smells better. Like, we had a, a pumpkin smelling or spice, I don't know, cinnamon, some kind of pumpkin smelling in the house yesterday. Like, it just smells better. And obviously, you know, the, the food, certain foods you just really don't want to mess with in the summer. Like, it just doesn't make sense to eat that in the summer, right? So the food is real good in the fall. The fashion is just better. Come on, hoodie season is upon us. Come on. <laughs> I don't think I'll get a better amen off of that right there. But so much about the fall, it's just better. Like, summer's cool, and I get it. A lot of people love the summer. But in Alabama, summers are just hot, and it's just, it's a mess. Like, it's just... Can we get through this? Now, my only complaint about the fall right now, even though I was just talking about fashion, is it's reminding me that my diet needs to change. (laughs) Because although it may be hoodie season, those hoodies all of a sudden are um, slim fit. (laughs) The only problem, I didn't buy them as slim fit. So these jackets, these hoodies, and all these things, they just not fit in, the, fit in the same. And it's clear that I need to change my diet. But I'm going to be honest with you. Like, that's just a difficult thing to do. Like, I try. And I won't even say I go days with doing it well. You know, I try to how can we get from breakfast to lunch? You know, I, I try to win the segments. Not even winning the day. Like, I got to break this down to the, like, just the lowest little nuance. I'm trying, family, is what I'm saying. It's just, it's hard <laughs> to do. It's hard to change sometimes. And the reality is, family, the change that I need, the change that needs to occur in my life is just not going to come from me, right? The change I need, I can't produce it on my own. Like, I, I just can't. And, and if we're honest, like all of us in here this morning, we have areas in our lives that need to change. And there's things about us that we don't like. There's things about us that just don't honor God. Um, they don't represent him well, uh, but we can't, we can't change ourselves in these areas. And, and some of us, we're new on this journey, and uh, we're discovering that it's going to take more than just willpower, more than just a, a want to to change. And, and others of us who may have been on this journey with Jesus for a while, we have that same revelation that it's going to take more than just me. And here's what I'm alluding to, family. It's going to take the Holy Spirit. That's why we need him. That's why we have to have an understanding of who he is, because if we don't have an understanding of who he is, then there's a limitation that we're placing on him, whether we know that or not. Because we got to understand this, he is our advantage. He makes the difference. There's a reason why Jesus would tell the disciples, like, yo, listen, it's best for you that I go away so that your helper will come, so that your advocate will come, so that your advantage will come, so that the difference maker will come and make a difference in your life. And one of the greatest advantages of the Holy Spirit is that he produces the change in us that we always wanted but could never achieve because we can't bring that change. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Now understand this, that there are two sides of us, right? There's, there's our uh, carnal side, our, our flesh, if you will, um, and then there's the spirit side of us. And, and these two are at war with each other. And so the carnal side of you is like, yo, whatever you like, whatever you feel, whatever you want to do, uh, 
you know, that's why this idea of, of, you know, be true to yourself, like I get where it's coming from, but that's a sentiment that you've got to understand and be careful with. Because honestly, if we're true to ourselves, then that will be a slippery slope to where we're living a life that really don't look like Jesus. Because nobody wakes up wanting to do the things of the Lord, right? But that is through a process of dying daily, submitting yourself, your life, your will, your emotions to Jesus, right? And so the idea of live your truth is a dangerous thing because then you get into all these different truths. And, and scriptures lets us know that Jesus is the truth, right? He is the way, the life. Like it, he is the truth. There's not a whole bunch of other truths out there. But then there's the spirit side of us that is wanting to do, uh, to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. And so these two sides of us are at war with each other. But they both bear fruit. And so I want you to check this out. So here's fruit of our sinful nature. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, social hostility, outburst of anger. All these different things, right? And come on, let's be honest, right? How many of us um, still have some issues, still have some fruit over here? From our sinful, I'm the only hand. Like, come on, it's okay. I didn't name the ones. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> Don't trip. We do. We got some fruit of our sinful nature. But then over here, you see the difference. There's the fruit of the Holy Spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Right. So these two sides of us, they're at odds. They're at war with each other. Now, somebody may say, "Well, come on. Can I have?" Like, all of this right here. Can I be a loving person? Can I live with joy? Can I be a peaceful person? Can I be kind? I mean, the, the, the person at the grocery store is kind. They, they, they let me go in before them. They handed me a cart, right? They're, they're, they're kind. Can I have all of these things absent of a relationship with the Holy Spirit? So why do I actually need the Holy Spirit? Well, let's check this out. Can you all see me? I'm, a, I'm chocolate. Y'all don't seem too confident. <laughs> Someone said, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> so over here you got some fruit, right? So this fruit is actually fake. This is, this is not real, right? This fruit is real. And so when you look at this fruit, like, okay, yeah, externally, this, this looks good. This looks pleasing. Somebody see it, like, oh, man, they, they living well. They hit that note. Their hands went up in worship. Like, this, this is awesome. But yet, there's, there's nothing to it. There's, there's, no, there's no substance. While over here, I've been shaking your hands, so I'm not going to eat it. <laughs> I don't say that as an insult. I'm just saying I didn't have a chance to get my, um, the stuff. Y'all shook my hand, okay? So there we go. We're even. <laughs> but this, is, this doesn't just look good externally, um, but it, it actually has substance, real fruit. This fake fruit, right? Like, it, you, you can see it, but... There's no, 
there's no nourishment you can get from it. Like you're going to have to keep eventually it's going to lose its kind of coloration. It's kind of going to fade a little bit, kind of really doesn't serve a purpose. It's just kind of here. While over here, this, this fruit, real fruit, right, it's, it's going to satisfy, right? If, if you're hungry, like it's, it's going to feed you. It's, it's going to nourish you. Then, then back over here, this is kind of, well, man, Ethan said this about us earlier. This is kind of what you see is what you get right here. There's, there's nothing past this. Like this is all that you get. While this over here is, is useful, but here's the thing about this. Like this can, contains a seed, seeds that can then reproduce. While this over here, this again, this is it. The buck stops here and, 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 and there's nothing else. And so in terms of the question, do I need a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. So that real fruit can be produced in your life. Fruit that remains, fruit that is alive, fruit that is, is love, joy, peace, patience, all of that versus this fruit right here is dead, right? There's, there's, there's nothing else that comes after that. It can't produce more fruit in your life. And listen, family, I said this last week. There are a lot of things that we can fake, but fruit isn't one of them. We can't fake fruit. And if we're going to be connected uh, to the Holy Spirit, then there's fruit that we will bear. And, and ultimately, family, we will reveal what we are connected to. As Caleb kind of talked about in, in, in uh, the testimony of his, like, what is the thing that comes out of you? Like, what is your default? Where is the place that you go? Oftentimes, that's going to be revealed by your connection. So we can't fake fruit. But listen, it is the Holy Spirit who produces the fruit in us that remain. And so you may be asking this morning, like, okay, that's cool. I get it. Fruit that remains. The Holy Spirit produces that fruit. The Holy Spirit makes the difference. But how? How does he make the difference? And so if you're taking notes this morning, uh, you can title this, He Makes the Difference. And I want to share three ways of how the Holy Spirit makes the difference in our lives. And the first way is this. He changes us internally. You can write that down. He changes us internally. You know, family, in many religions, the idea is that change is reflected externally rather than internally. That it's about how you can look the part, dress the parts, until you ultimately become the part. But the reality is, family, that's not how it works. That's not how change works. Change doesn't occur externally until it takes place internally. That there has to be change from within before anything is realized on the outside. In fact, this whole idea of appearance, Jesus was completely against himself. Look at Matthew chapter 23, verses 27 through 28. This was the first woe in history. Woe to you. Teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside you are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Now pause, let me just say this. This is some Christian cussing right here. 
Do y'all see the words of Jesus in this? He says, you like some old whitewashed tombs. Look beautiful on the outside, but inside you're full of bones and dead of everything unclean. Like, that is some Christian. Cousin, you got to read the scriptures and have fun, man. Like, don't take yourself so serious sometimes. But what Jesus was getting at was really what so many of us deal with. We're, we're dealing with so many issues because we're so concerned with how things look on the outside while completely disregarding the inside, right? It's the reason why we're dealing with depression and anxiety and stress and all of these things because we're trying to look the part. We're trying to, to, to dress the part and hoping that we become the part. And we're so concerned whether it's culture or whether it's ourselves of putting all this pressure on us and trying to, to live up to the world's expectations or live up to our own expectations that are outside of Jesus. And when that happens, family, it produces a life like this where inside you're broken, you're hurting, you're messed up. People see you. You can fake it and put a smile on your face, but in, in all at the same time, you're messed up on the inside. You're dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression, dealing with all these issues. You have family situations, marriage situations, all because you're trying to uphold something that is not real. All because you're not allowing yourselves to be connected to the source of life, to the person of the Holy Spirit that can produce actual real change in your life. And so many of us, we find ourselves there, not just to the detriment of ourselves, but to the detriment of those that we are connected to. Whether it's pride as a reason why I can't allow the person of the Holy Spirit to do a work in my life. And I can, can I tell you, family, there's so much more at stake. We have to get to a position where we allow our pride to die. And we got to consider the, the, the effects of the choices and the decisions and the things we make, not just on what it means with your walk with Jesus, but what it means for the people to your left and to your right, what it means for the people who are in your home, for the people that you are connected to. That's why trying to live this life out of willpower, out of a simple want to, you're just not going to get it. You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit who can work and bring a true change in your life. And it may happen over time. It may happen progressively. But we've got to get to a point where we submit our will, our way, and everything of ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit to bring true and lasting change. Not this fake fruit that is, that is dead, that looks good, that we can talk the part and walk the part, but actually not live the part because there's nothing behind this. We need the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and maybe could it be that living with an external focus is the cause of internal decay? That, that they, and excuse me, let me say it again. Could it be that living with an external focus is the cause of internal decay? That we're so consumed with how everything looks. We got to get this house. We got to drive that car. We got to take that vacation. Can I tell you, those people that you're trying to impress, you never will. Because they will find a way to tear down the next thing you do. You went on that vacation. That's cute. I'm going to go on this vacation. Meanwhile, you're stuck with the bill. Meanwhile, you're stuck with the repercussions of that car. Meanwhile, you're stuck with living in this nice house, but you can't even take your family out to dinner because of a decision you made in a mortgage that you got to try to fight to upkeep. 
And so because of these, ex, this external focus is now causing internal decay. So you and your spouse, you can't be eye to eye, right? You, can, you can't even conversate. And now that's causing an issue with your kids because you're upset at them. And, and now you don't even want to play with them. And so now that's affecting them because, man, you know, mom, dad is here, but it's kind of not like, it's kind of like they're not here. And now they're growing up with that in their mind. And so all this has an effect all because of living with an external focus. Family, we need to live with an internal focus, meaning we have to allow the Holy Spirit to change us internally. And what I've come to find out is that many of us, we live this way because our desires are off. We're living with the wrong desire. Because, see, wrong desires produce wrongdoing. And if we allow the the Holy Spirit to do a work in our lives, he'll change our desires. And here's, here's what I mean by that. As you allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in you, what you desire begins to shift. And when your desires shift, your actions will shift. That's like Psalms, I believe it's either 34 or 37. It says, Lord, uh, submit your, your, yourself to the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, be careful with that. That doesn't mean like, okay, God, here I am. Now give me what I want. Delight yourself is what it says. But it means this, as you delight yourself in him, that he's shifting and changing your desires. So now, because you desire what he wants, what you desire, you, what you desire is actually what he desires for you. So then, yes, you're going to have what you want because your wants or your desires now look like his desires. Are you tracking with me? It's the Holy Spirit that brings that change. The Holy Spirit changes our desires, not our doing. So even the idea of like, Lord, help me when I do this. Help me when I do that. Like, no, first, God, help my desires, right? Because nobody find, just finds themselves in a situation f- without some kind of wrong desire there first. It was that desire that ultimately led to that action. So Holy Spirit, change our desires. Galatians 5, 16 through 17 says this. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you do not do what you want. And family, that right there, that's an issue for all of us. We don't do what we want. The flesh part of us is at war with the Spirit part of us. Like, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you were like, I probably shouldn't do this. And then somehow you're like, why did I do this? (laughs) We all have. But listen, you're not the only one to wrestle with this. Hear me. Like, this is not new. This is, the Lord is not like, oh, man, we haven't seen this one before, guys. That's, that's, That's not the conversation that they're having. Look at Paul who's responsible for a majority of the New Testament and shaped a lot of of, of theology and, and, and doctrine. Look what he says in Romans 7, 19 through 24. He says, for I do not, excuse me, for, yeah, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it's the sin living in me. we got to understand sin is a thing, right? It's the sin that is living in me that does it, that carnal part of us that just does what we want. Can I tell you this? You are not your desires. Like some of, some of us may have that condemnation, that shame from the enemy. Like you are not what you desire. 
Like when sin entered the, the, the earth, it changed things. So just because you desire it doesn't mean that you are it. It doesn't mean that you have to respond to it. It doesn't mean you have to say yes to it. It doesn't mean you have to say, well, because I desire it, then I guess I have to say yes to it. No, 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 no. Right? So, so, so Paul said, no, it's the sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. Like, like in my, my spirit, I, I delight in God's law. But yet at the same time, I see another law at work in me waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Paul's like, I'm, I'm just a ratchet person and I need help. But what is this saying to us, family? Is that you can't change yourself. We can't change ourselves. We need the power of the Holy Spirit that brings true and lasting change into our lives. And, and as I say that, you got to allow the work. Of, you gotta, we have to submit ourselves to his work and to his process. Oftentimes, we want the change to look a certain way. We want it to be on a certain timeline. But look, it's saying, Lord, here I am. You do this work in my life. Because if we put ourselves in it, that's not the change of the Holy Spirit anymore. This is us trying to produce something. And that doesn't last. We need the, the lasting work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and that's going to bring the true change. And so true change will, will happen when we are changed internally. And here's the next way the Holy Spirit makes a difference in our lives. He changes us progressively. You know, our son Isaiah, he's into telling dad jokes um, or these dad riddles. And listen, some of them are funny and um, some of them are not. But, you know, time to time he, he catches me with one. But recently he came to me. He was like, Daddy, how do you eat an elephant? And I was like, how? And he says, one bite at a time. I was like, okay, I get you. One bite at a time. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> but listen, family, that's exactly how change happens. I mean, one bite at a time, but change happens bit by bit. Change happens little by little. It happens step by step. It happens brick by brick. And as we continue to, to rally around the vision of the Becoming Church, the vision that God has for this church, family, it's going to happen brick by brick. But not only is this church being built brick by brick, uh, but so too is your life being built brick by brick. So in other words, you have to give yourself grace in becoming the person that God has called you to become because it happens gradually, small gain after small gain, bit by bit, little by little. And I will argue this, that progressive change is actual change. And maybe you're asking, what are you talking about? So have you ever tried like some new uh, weight loss fad diet and dropped a whole bunch of weight, and then in one month, you gained it all back. Like you literally just took a bite of one chip, and then <laughs> there it was. <laughs> You're like, I thought I left you last month. Why? Because the change wasn't, it wasn't true change, right? The best way to lose weight is how? Over time. Because, like, it's, you can do it again. It's reproducible. It's, it's sustainable, right? And so 
in terms of our lives, so many of us are hard on ourselves because we feel like that we're not where we want to be. That we're, like, we're asking ourselves, how can I still be dealing with these same issues, with this same struggle, with these same problems from a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, whatever the case may be. And listen, I get that and I understand that. But you have to allow yourself to be in a spot where you say, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. That there has been some change in my life, that there has been some progression in my life, that 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 God's grace, his hand has been on my life, that, I, that when I was making these poor decisions and when I was doing all the wrong things, that it was his grace that kept me. It was his kindness. It was his mercy. It was his faithfulness towards me. Is anybody thankful for that this morning? Or are we all holy people, righteous people, never needing the grace of God, never needing the kindness of God, never needing the faithfulness of God? Listen, you got to get shame off of you this morning. I know it feels bad. I know it hurts. I know it's disappointing. But I cannot tell you there's nothing you can do to change the way that God loves you. Now, this is not one of those messages. Okay, here, here we go. We're only going to talk about grace and we're not going to, like, listen, there are, there, there are consequences and there are things and realities that uh, we have to answer to from the decisions we made. But even with that, there is still the grace of God because, listen, we're living in a reality that we don't deserve. That we were born into sin because of Adam's issues, that we all were born into sin. So even this opportunity to come to Jesus, to be able to, to, to come to the throne of grace boldly is because of grace. And so because of your issues, because of your flaws, because of, well, I'm still dealing with the same thing that I was five years ago. Listen, it is still, grace is still available for you. Not so that you can stay where you are, but so ultimately you can get the revelation in the picture of what God's grace means so that now you can be empowered to live the life that he's called you to live. Like, are you, are you tracking with me this morning? I feel like so many of us, we quit and give up because we say, well, man, I'm, I'm dealing with this. I don't think this is never going to be an issue in my life. So I'm just going to stay right here. But God's grace has not left you. God, God's grace is actually keeping you from things looking the way that they actually should look. Some of us, from the things that we've done, in all truth and honesty, we probably shouldn't be here. And by being here, I mean alive for some of the choices and decisions that we found ourselves in. But it was the and is the grace of God. And so what I mean, what I'm saying, family, is that we're all on a journey of progression. And progression is nothing more than sanctification. And sanctification means this, to be set apart to God. Or you can say it this way, it's the process of being freed from sin. So it's a process. And oftentimes the enemy would love for you to, to settle on these major issues and struggles in your life and dismiss the, the, the process and the gradual change that has actually taken place. And that's what shame does. But I, do come to, I, do, I have come to understand that many of us who are afraid of this word sanctification. But all it does, mean, all it means, family, is that you're in a process. All it means is that you are becoming. So listen, don't be disappointed because you are not where you want to be. Because you're still progressing. How it is today is not how it has to be. But here's the requirement. You've got to submit yourself, your life to the Lord. And choose to live his way 
and not your way. Because if we choose not to, we're only going to continue to get in our way. And we're going to become our own issue and our own struggle. And it's going to be us tripping ourselves up. Look at what 1 Peter 1-2 says. It says, you have been chosen in keeping with what God the Father had planned. So he's already had these plans in place. That happened through the Spirit's work. Again, it's the Spirit's work to make you what? Pure and holy. God says, be holy as I am. Then he goes on to say, God chose you so that you might obey Christ, right? So we got to submit ourselves. We gotta live. It's, it's better. Uh, to, it, obedience is better than sacrifice, right? So we need to, uh, might obey Jesus Christ. God wanted you to be in covenant relationship. This is something that God desires. And he established this relationship by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the work of Jesus Christ, by the, the offering or the availability of, of salvation because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so here's what we need to hear this morning, family, is that God chose you. You may have never felt chosen. You may have never felt called out. You may have never felt seen. You may have felt like no one's ever known your name, know who you are. No one cares about your story. But can I tell you this? God sees you. He knows you. He cares about you. And he has chosen you. You are chosen. You are planned. People may not have planned for you. People may not have included you. They may have always excluded you, but God has included you. He has chosen you. He has planned for you. I know some of us, we may be frustrated because you thought that the minute you said yes to Jesus, that sin would no longer be an issue in your life. You didn't anticipate that you would still be dealing with some of the same issues that you're dealing with. But listen, the spirit is still at work in your life. And that change that you desire to see, you will see as you continue to submit your desires to him. Because he's going to bring that change in your life progressively. So what am I saying? Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't get frustrated. But keep on becoming. Because change is not about, and let me say this before I say that. Don't be afraid to change because of the relationships you have around you. Oh, here they come. Oh, they holy now. Look at them, y'all. They holy. Got their Bible in one hand, taking notes. Got the pen out. Look at them posting about their church. That's cute. What's that, what's that little becoming church? You know, they put the little in there where they tried to dismiss something. Oh, so there go, there go your church. And everybody said, there go your boy. It's not really your boy, you know. But there go your church. So they, they tried to dismiss. Look at them now. Okay. Oh, our father, you know. And so they try to discredit you because they're afraid of the process that you're allowing yourself to submit to. But don't allow what they are afraid to say yes to to stop you on your journey of becoming. Because they want to tell you, you're going to give up all of this for, for what? Oh, you're going to go, sir, okay. You know, that's just a scheme. They get you to show up to do the stuff that they don't want to do. Too real. <laughs> but listen, change is not about the life you are leaving but rather the life you are gaining. There is so much more in Christ's family. And I'm not talking about possessions and things, this, that, and the other, because there are people who have it all but yet have nothing because they do not have uh, God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit who they're allowing the Spirit of God to do a work in their lives. So there is so much more to gain. And here's the last way the Holy Spirit makes the difference in our lives. He changes us freely. You know, the Holy Spirit is God's gift to us. And a gift, a gift is not forced. I did not, we did not make, you know, La Charity to bring that. In fact, I tried to give her a hug. Y'all saw she walked off. <laughs> 
But a gift is not force, right? It's just available to be received. And we have a choice whether or not we want to receive the gift that is the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does do, he does desire to lead us. But we have to make a choice if we're going to follow him. We have to make that, that choice. Galatians 5.25 says this. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. In the words, let us, implies that there is a decision to be made. That we have to, have to decide if we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit or not. And many of us, we have that opportunity more than we realize. And actually on a daily basis. Like, have you ever had that moment? Like, yo, I probably shouldn't say this to my spouse right now or, you know, to whoever else. Um, but you said it anyway. I had that moment this week. I was like, I feel this comment coming out. I shouldn't say I said it. And then immediately it blows up in your face or it, like, it blew up in my face. Family, that was the Holy Spirit giving you an opportunity. Like it blew up in my face, guys, it did. But that was the Holy Spirit giving you an opportunity to be led by him. He didn't force you. He gave you. He gave me the opportunity. He gave us the choice. And listen, so many of us, we're living that way. We're wondering why there's been so much resistance, so much pushback. And, and, and this resistance is, isn't the, the resistance that comes in faith-building moment, like, like the book of James talks about. But this is the kind of pushback that reveals that it was, that you, it was you that made the call rather than trusting the leading of the Holy Spirit. But listen, family, being led by the Holy Spirit is part of the becoming process. In fact, Jesus himself, so in, in Matthew 3, read, read the Gospels together. It's just the synoptic Gospels, um, Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke. And um, John tells a few different stories and kind of doesn't tell some stories, but the synoptics are same Gospels. Uh, if you read them together, you can kind of piece everything together. But in Matthew chapter 3, uh, at the end of it, uh, Jesus has this, there's this cool moment where John the Baptist baptizes Jesus and uh, scripture says that the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus um, like a dove. So the Holy Spirit is not a dove, but descended on him like a dove. So that moment he was filled um, uh, with the Holy Spirit. And then the heavens opened up and, and God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then shortly after that, Matthew 4 verse 1, Jesus was led by the Spirit uh, into the wilderness. But all of this preceded like Jesus's, uh, Jesus's public ministry, right? And so my point is this. He was first led by the Spirit before his public ministry took place, before the healings, before the miracles, before the signs, before the wonders, before all these things. He was first filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he allowed himself to be led by the Spirit. And so here's my point, family. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. That Jesus being led by the Holy Spirit was the beginning of his ministry and ultimately it led to the moment on the cross that changed everything for us. So we can't dismiss the Holy Spirit. To decide to dismiss the leading of the Holy Spirit is a decision to delay your destiny. Don't, don't dismiss it because folks have made it weird. Because things that they've said, done, this, and the other. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit this morning. And oftentimes, you know, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts next week. And oftentimes, people dismiss it 
because of like this one spiritual gift that people hang on, speaking in tongues. But then you've got people who speak in tongues. But like I said last week, they're mean, rude, and dismissive in English. And so because of that, some of us, we say, I don't want that because there's no peace, there's no patience, there's no love, there's, no kind, there's none of that in your life. So why would I want that if that is what it's going to make me look like? That's why it's the fruit of the Spirit that protects the gifts of the Spirit. We need the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And notice I said the fruit, not fruits, because we need is fruit. All of this make up the fruit of the Spirit. It makes up it all. So as we close today, I want to say this. It's Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk with wine which will only ruin you. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So when you say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit dwells in you and will never leave you. But being filled with the Spirit is different. Someone who is filled with the Spirit is under the Spirit's influence or leading, meaning that it is God's work in the life of believers who consciously trust Him to provide what they need in order to carry out what the Lord desires you to do. And a person is filled with the Spirit when self is removed. And the Spirit empowers believers to then do the Father's will. And we're going to talk about this on October 30th, so I'm kind of get ahead of myself. So when you say yes to Jesus, like you receive the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then also what we're going to do on October 30th, we're also going to uh, have water baptisms. But then there's this point as Jesus experienced at the end of Matthew chapter 3 where you're baptized in or with the Holy Spirit and that is this empowerment this ability to live beyond anything you're capable of and so it's almost as if I had a cup of water in here and I don't know maybe a big pool and so at salvation this empty cup is filled with water the Spirit but then when you receive the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit it's that same cup being immersed into a big old pool and that is the place that Jesus lived from and it's the place that all of us live from and ultimately to produce a change in our lives that we can't bring ourselves so here's the thing I want you to remember today you don't change by the power of yourself you change by the power of the Holy Spirit why? because he makes the difference Would you pray with me this morning?